Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Old-time Big Ten football. Yeah. Touchdown, Purdue! game I I told you I I don't like to be the person that tells you hey I was right uh but man I said that game could be ugly and it exceeded my expectations that might be one of the ugliest games I've seen all year and there have been some ugly games out there that include this very same Iowa squad that we watched take on Purdue on Saturday. That was brutal. Um, for those that didn't subscribe to Peacock yet, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, you're better off listening to the game on the radio or following it on social media because brutal. And next week might be a similar story. It really might. It might be even worse than than this week, but we'll get to that. This is the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Vance. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Believe Network. And this show is presented by Bet Online. If you have not got on to Bet Online yet, if you have not got your 50% welcome bonus yet, you need to because these guys are supporting the show. So I need you to support the people that support us. And what what better way to do it than to bet on the under next week? You can already do that. Or by the time this podcast comes out, the line might already be out. And you can bet on it because you can bet pretty much anything on Bet Online. Football is back. And Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info. Up to the minute stats, news, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest odds, the spread, the total from the NFL to college football right at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one, which was a long time ago, to the college football playoff, which is in just a couple of months, to the Super Bowl, which is in like four months, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions. Contest available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile devo- mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV believe to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. I don't know where I want to start in this game. Um, I just know that it was bad. Um, the offensive line, bad. Hudson Card, bad. Uh, the play calling, bad. The defense, not bad, not good either. I mean, I think that was more of Iowa's offense being bad than anything. I mean, did you see Deacon Hill throw a ball on Saturday? He tried. 
He attempted, but it, it didn't look pretty. He he found his tight end five times, five of his six completed passes. Six. You lost to a quarterback that completed six passes. Quintessential Iowa. That's what that game was. Quintessential Iowa. Get up early and just sit. Sit on your opponent. That's what Iowa did. And that's why it says right here, Purdue gets squashed. Gets squashed by Iowa. Falls 2-4 to four on the year. For those that are not watching the stream on YouTube, that's what it says on the screen behind me. Purdue gets squashed. Because that's what Iowa did. They sat. They sat their big cornfed behind right on Purdue and just sat on the entire game. I'll give them credit. That defense is is great. It's a great defense. It's not the best defense that Purdue's going to face all season long. Next week's might be even better. And then a couple weeks after that, when they go face Michigan, that might defense might be the best they face all year. Because Purdue's struggling mightily offensively. There's no way to put it. And things only got worse as the game went on. Uh, with Marcus Bowe getting rolled up on and We'll see the status of him. Probably find out on Monday at the press conference with Ryan, Ryan Walters. But it didn't look good. Had to be carted off. So I'm I don't want to anticipate the worst, but I'm I'm kind of expecting the worst. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. So, but overall, uh, the offensive line was bad. They allowed six sacks. I think Iowa had two, two coming into the year, and Purdue had. Iowa had a uh, 12 tackles for loss. 12. That's that's a lot of negative plays for Purdue. And there were still times where the offense moved the ball. I mean, they moved the ball right before halftime uh, when that tempo was kind of pushed on them and they had to go. And other than that, really didn't see this office Offense try to get going at a at a good tempo, try to move this Iowa offense and get them, you know, a little confused by doing some things offensively. Iowa was in the right place the at the right time 95% of this game, maybe even 99% of this time of the game. Uh, the other maybe two times were when they gave up touchdowns. Because this there was nothing that Purdue could do um, as far as explosive runs, running after the catch. Couldn't do any of it because Iowa was right there every single time. And Hudson Card, that was his worst game as a boilermaker. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. His worst, his worst game as a boilermaker to date. And can only go up from here because that was dreadful. And it's not even that the interceptions or the off targets. Um, it was the decision-making when he was being sacked or being pressured. I, I don't think, I don't think it's being taught 
that, hey, when you're facing away from your offensive line to just whoosh, chuck the ball backwards, I mean, what the heck is that? Three times. Three times he tried to extend the play and just heave it either behind him to the side. That was horrible, horrible decision making. I think a couple of them resulted in intentional groundings. Maybe all three of them did. I, I, I don't know. It was kind of one of those things where you kind of like, ooh, that was bad. You kind of look away and don't pay attention to what the result of the play was because that was bad. That 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 decision type making was horrible. And Iowa's defense would do that to you. Like I said, they got after him. He wasn't comfortable. There was no offensive rhythm. Um, they got into the backfield constantly. It, I don't think Hudson Card maybe had a clean pocket, maybe less than a handful of times. There was just constant pressure in his face. And after touting the offensive line play last week, I thought they might be able to at least stand up to this Iowa front because they hadn't got they hadn't gotten to the quarterback. They only two sacks coming into the game. And so you're thinking, okay, they still get pressure on the quarterback, but they don't finally get to him. And Hudson Card has done a good job to this point before Saturday. In the first five games of the year, he's been able to evade pressure most of the time and make good decisions while on the run, whether that's take off and run or hit, you know, Garrett Miller, Max Clare, whoever on either a check down or a, a long developing uh, cross. And no, none of that was there. None of that game plan was in the cards, was in the repertoire on Saturday. None of that decision-making was there. It was, let's chuck the ball behind me while as I'm going to the ground. Horrible. Horrible. And it's... And it's not even a stretch to say that Hudson Card was the best quarterback on the field on Saturday, and they still lost. They still had a chance to win at the end, barely, because Iowa's offense is inept. I mean, Iowa's two touchdowns (laughs) were a... Long run in the first quarter, and then a uh, oh no, they didn't get the the other one on, on the short field. It was a long pass play to Eric All, who caught five five of the six completions for Deacon Hill. I mean, I <laughs> losing to a team like that, nobody should, but that's that's how Iowa wins, and you know what? They love it. Kirk Ferentz loves that. He loves winning like that. He said, I think earlier this year, one of his favorite games was that six to four, six to four win over Penn State, you know, so many years back. I mean, his son's getting fired. He deserves to be fired because this offense is dreadful to watch. And Purdue's wasn't much better. Um, if you still have eyeballs and can watch this podcast on YouTube. I mean, make sure you subscribe. That'd be nice. Uh, but, man, you, you're you lucky to see today because all of our eyeballs should be hurting after watching that. 
because that just was great. Not great at all. Defense didn't play much better. Um, it's it, it was really hard to gauge whether or not the defense was playing good. I think they played not great, but not bad. Um, they stepped up no, numerous amount of times, but Iowa, a receiver didn't catch the ball the entire time. And if it was even in the vicinity, which more often than not, it wasn't, they dropped it or Deacon Hill overthrew them. So it would all came down to the rush defense and Iowa, like I said, just, just ran. They didn't feel like they really ran over the defense all that much. They just got really good timely runs and it was just torture. Death by a thousand cuts. Just slow death is what we all experienced on Saturday because it was just a quintessential Iowa game that wasn't fun to watch, wasn't pleasing to the eye, still made it close throughout. You think if you're the opposing team, you're still in it, not really in it. Because Iowa's defense was everywhere. And Purdue didn't have the offensive line production that they've had for a large chunk of this season so far. I mean, they're not the worst offense in the Big Ten. <laughs> they're... they're the Big Ten uh, West as a whole just doesn't have any good offenses at this point. I think the most that somebody scored from a Big Ten West team this weekend was 24 points. That was against Rutgers. Rutgers. It's bad. I think all Big Ten teams combined averaged less than 20 points per game this weekend. <laughs> Not good. Not good at all. Dylan Thieneman with an interception. Gave him great field position. Wasted it. Um, first four drives. First four drives for Purdue went into Iowa territory. Zero points. Zero points. Purdue, for some reason, kept going at Cooper DeGene and picked off, returns it almost to the house, sets up uh, an Iowa field goal. And then it just ke keeps going downhill from there. And it feels like that they had an opportunity, I think, midway through that second quarter. It was near midfield. It was a fourth and two, I think. And I thought that would have been a great opportunity, a great time to try and go for it. Because at that point, Iowa really hadn't done anything offensively outside of the big run by Caleb Johnson. And you felt like you could trust your defense a little bit, even though the ball is at midfield. Okay. So Iowa goes down and kicks another field goal. Like you can, you can hold that, but they decided to punt it away. And Ansel was not good. That's another, another part of this game where Purdue was not good. Uh, Macias missed a 41 yarder. Um, it would have been a closer field goal. 
but Hudson Card had an intentional ground penalty the the play before, so the field goal got pushed back even further. So that's not great. Uh, you did have a uh, a blocked field goal. Uh, Corday Sidnor got his big paw up there and blocked the field goal. So you had a couple of plays here and there that were that were nice. Yeah, like I said, they ended the half. Card was still getting pressured, uh, but he was finally starting to make plays. It was a nice run after the catch by Sheffield on that pass from Card, and it's still, it it felt like that Iowa was just one or two touchdown drives from putting this game on ice. And after Hill comes out of halftime looking like he's a Heisman candidate hitting Eric all on two darts. And that's the one thing about Hill. He throws it a hundred miles an hour every single time, or it looks like he's trying to throw it a hundred miles an hour every single time. And that's, that's a lot of his problems. That's a lot of his issues. Not just that he's not an accurate quarterback or this offense is just absolutely dreadful or his offensive line isn't very good, but Purdue only got one sack on Saturday. So it was a beat up Iowa offensive line that I think was starting a couple of different guys, uh, new guys and uh, weren't really able to get after Hill a whole lot. So it was a, the bad punt in the fourth quarter that set up a short field for Hill, easy touchdown, Card throws another interception on that same play. Bo gets rolled up. And it just, they, they get a nice drive after that, but it was kind of too late. It was too late because there was nothing that Purdue could have done to um, actually come back and sustain another drive. Because uh, that, again, playing with pace and they did some nice things, some nice plays. I think they got Maccabee involved a lot. He led the team in rushing today. Tyrone Tracy, I don't know what was going on there. Only four carries on the day. Maccabee led them. Um, I don't remember if he was the one in there where they coughed up the ball. It was a fumble, but I don't think they lost that one. So it still felt like Card wasn't really in it all day. And maybe... He was trying not to get pressured um, or was already thinking about the pressure before the snap, but he had a couple bobbled snaps. Uh, I think the they, they did have um, the one fumble that I think they did that ended up turning it over. And it was just like, they wasn't weren't there and they were a little rattled today. And I wasn't, I wasn't expecting it to be that bad. Um, and it's just only going to get tougher from here. You have Ohio State coming back to West Lafayette uh, on Saturday. We'll detail that game. Try to give you a way for Purdue to come out and win that game. Slim to none right now in, as far as percentage chance to win that game. But Purdue's done it before. Uh, it took a long time for Ohio State's offense to get going against Maryland on Saturday. 
Uh, but they still ended up winning by 20 points, and that might be how Purdue loses this game coming up this weekend. I don't want I don't want to start previewing the game, but you know it's what it's what the solid verbal will call it a crock potting, and that's just a game where it's just going to get slowly out of hand, and by the time the game's over, Ohio State's up by three touchdowns or more, maybe four. Then you have the bye, which it feels like you wish the bye kind of came this week because you have a lot of things to look back on and review and just think, man, we did not get a whole lot of pressure on Deacon Hill today. Uh, We didn't protect well offensively on the offensive line. You would like another extra week to help out whoever is going to be starting in place of Marcus Bowe because... Um, you have a whole lot of other guys that are beat up as well. Um, um, you're missing a couple of corners. I mean, you were still uh, missing um, Salim, who, who's been out for a while now. Um, Marquise Wilson was out today. OC Brothers is still out. I mean, I think those guys would have made somewhat of a difference. I don't know how much in the final score. Um, you still have Max Clare out. and. It's it's tough. It's tough. You need to get some of those guys back. You need to be fully healthy to challenge an Ohio State team. But the bye comes after next week. And and uh, we'll talk about kind of where Purdue is at at this point. We'll do kind of like a mid-season check-in on where this team is at and if they have accomplished some of the goals or are on track to, which – Gonna tell you right now, they're not in a lot of, in a lot of areas, but it all it makes the loss today makes it all important that you win the rest of your Big Ten West games at Nebraska after the bye. So you have two weeks to prepare, and if you've watched Nebraska at all, doesn't doesn't look very nice. It feels like what you saw on Saturday could very well take place again in Lincoln. A couple weeks from now, because it's it's a, a defensive team that doesn't have a whole lot of offensive firepower. Then you go to Michigan, rough. Then you have Minnesota, Northwestern, Indiana to end the year. Those feel like three games you can win, and if you can win that Nebraska game as well, that's six. I, I don't think you're going to be able to surprise Ohio State or Michigan, especially Michigan on the road. I mean, you could get Ohio State maybe caught off guard. I think they might play Penn State the following week, Penn State or Wisconsin. I can't remember exactly which one. I think they go on the road for at Wisconsin potentially. So maybe you catch them looking ahead for the first half, but you're going to need something special, something special. And this team was not special at all. Neither team was special. It was, like I said, one of the one of the more ugly games I've seen all season. It's not one of the worst, but it's up there with just how dreadful both these offenses looked. And it's not even because of spectacular defensive play from Purdue's side. Iowa's defense, I thought, played really well. 
But it, it's hard to judge Purdue's defense because Iowa's offense is so dreadful just from quarterback perspective. He, he can't throw the ball accurately consistently enough to be considered a, a good quarterback or even average quarterback. So I uh, I I think that if you can get through the bye, you're going to be two and five, but you still have on the back half of your schedule four winnable games, and that's what you got to work towards. And you got to clean up a lot of things. Turnovers have just absolutely killed this team. Third downs, still killing this team. A lot better on the defensive side. But offensively, keeping drives, moving, running game is... I I don't know what to make of this offense and what the game plan is here. It feels like they start off coming into a game and wanting to do one thing, and then it shifts into another thing. And it doesn't look like the air raid. It hasn't all year. And that's what we were sold in the offseason, in the fall camp. And just hasn't been that. Hasn't been a high-flying offense outside of one week. And even then, it was a bad Illinois team. I mean, Illinois is capital B bad. And it feels like the two wins that Purdue has over two teams that are capital B bad. Virginia Tech and Illinois. Those are bad teams. Bad teams. I can't say that Iowa was the more talented team. Um, but I said the best unit on the team was that defense. And just how they play together. They were right there every single time. As soon as somebody caught it, there was a defender right there. They got pressure all day long, and that's that. That's that. So, thanks so much for tuning in uh, this week. Make sure you guys comment below, subscribe to the channel, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, if you want to listen there as well. If you want to listen to that in the car, you can also listen to the YouTube in the car. Just don't look at the screen while you're driving. So, but thank you guys for tuning in. On this Sunday recap show, I will have the Ohio State preview up for you guys Thursday morning. So until then, I've been your host, Bryce Vance. This has been another edition of the Behind the Rails of Purdue football podcast on the Believe Network, presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.